Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Oh, sweet Jesus. So you started a new job and now we're recording our show in the middle of the night. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If 7 p.m. Pacific time is the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I'll tell you, it is crazy. You know, you don't think about when you start a new job, right? Because you work at a place and my longevity at companies have been no shorter than five years in general, maybe five to four, depending on, but, and then up to 15. So you're there for that long at a company, you become the expert in your department. So people rely on you, they come to you, they know that you can solve for something, they'll, they'll ask you a question and you'll find the answer, no problem. Well, I mean, talk about a swift kick in the humble pie ass when you start a new job, because it makes you feel like like a fucking idiot and you'll, you're never going to get it. Yeah, that's, it's, um, I think we mentioned this before that starting another job is, um, you have to learn another language. Yes. Right. It's everything, all the, the, the way you talk, the business that you talk about, how it's described, the acronyms the sentences, like what you reference, those first few days and weeks and sometimes months are just like being dropped in another country. I mean, I think that's, I don't know if I've ever heard you say that before. You might've, and it didn't resonate with me right now that resonates. It definitely is a new job. It really is or a a new language. It's, it's hard. So you're in your first week. Like this was, today was my second day. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you be, you go from being a subject matter expert to being the dumbest person in the company. 100%. Like there's no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. Oh shit. And you know that adage when people say I'm too old for this shit, literally that's how I felt yesterday. I was like, I'm too old. Like I know that the pay was better and it's a bigger opportunity because I'm leading a sales organization. But man, for that moment, I was thinking, what the fuck did I do? That's 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 tough. And so how long do you think it will take you to get, as they say in the corporate world, up to speed or to ramp up? <laughs> I I'm saying 
three to six months, literally I'm three months because here's the thing. So I'm learning some of these systems and they are just, they have a kludgy of systems, meaning one system for this, another platform for this, and they're going to Salesforce in the next six weeks. So the, the entire company's transitioning. So I'm going to learn something a little bit right now, and then I'm going to learn a brand new CRM. And that's when I'll be kind of even with the entire um, business. So I'm kind of excited about that. So I'm going to say three months. Um, and then by six, you should be able to, to trust that I'm not fucking shit up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that's probably one of the things I liked about, you know, the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years of my career, because I was in management. So I could just depend on people who work for me to just know what the hell they were doing. Right. right. You, like you come in, you have these these people who are they're experts at something. They're good at it. And so, you know, you come in as the new I would come in as a new guy. And I would say, well, what do you do? That was one of the questions I would always ask people, like, what do you do? And sometimes people will respond and tell you what their job title is, yes. which is a perfectly normal corporate response. But that's not telling you what a person does. Right. And so I, don't, I would say, OK, I understand you're, you know, the you know, you're the supervisor of, you know, paper pusher or whatever. I would go, what do you do though? And you know, it's, it would be, I think you would be surprised at the number of people in some of these corporate jobs who cannot tell you what they do, right? Because, because it's so, those corporate jobs are so vague sometimes. And if, but if you drill down to them, you know, that you can eventually, I would eventually get someone to be able to say, well, I have to review and approve you know, this report that comes to me once a month from this other department. And when it comes to me, I have to review it. If I see something wrong, I have to send it back. Like that's my core function. And, but their title would be, you know, financial analyst to level eight. You know, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It makes no sense at all. Yeah. And so I, I would lean on that. Like, what do you, what do you do? So then people, I would be new and then, you know, something would come up and I, I wouldn't know. I go to the person, I go, Hey, I just got this. You know, what do I do with this? And I found that workers always know their boss's job. They always know. They always know what you should be doing and what you should do. And if you just, I learned if I just leaned on them, you know, on their expertise, um, not only would it build trust with those individuals, but I, I would then learn, well, who needs to get promoted next? Because this person knows everything. Yes. And, right. And you, I would find that stuff out even before you found out all the dirt on people. Right. <laughs> and so, and then what would happen is you would think this person is absolutely wonderful because you would be right because it'd be based on work. And then you talk to, you know, some other manager or director or something and go, oh, that person is the worst. And they give you just, and they would give you gossip as opposed to, work stuff and I think you know I, I used to make some enemies because I wouldn't agree with the, with the gossip stuff because I would go off my personal experience with someone but this person is really helpful they're really knowledgeable they know a lot of stuff and someone would say yeah but they always give out dirty looks well you know what that doesn't really it <laughs> 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 doesn't really bother I'll be screwed if that's the case <laughs> uh, okay so your day two so this is December. Oh, so now it's December 1st. Okay. So, so 
by January 1st, you should be like the boss, like kicking things around and knowing what's happening. Huh? Yes. I, I found some things out that don't seem to align right now. Like legitimately the last hour of the day, no one was taking phone calls. Like nobody's, nobody's logged in. People left for the day and the calls just sort of go into a voicemail box. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. there we go and you while i'm out grinding my fingers to the bone you're out gallivanting in new york you know what and new york was gorgeous right now like it was it was it was warmer in new york than it is in sacramento it's california this part of california really uh, yeah probably in the um daytimes in the 50s maybe oh. and sunny I mean, there was a, a couple of days of some some very light rain, but for the most part, it was really, really pleasant. I I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. it. I had a great time out there. And did you do anything fun? I mean, did you do anything that you didn't do from your last visit? You know, um, uh, a couple of things. You know, we, we went to the movies. We saw... Um, the Wakanda Forever movie, the Black Panther 2 movie. And, we, and you know what? We went, we saw it in the Harlem Theater, the Magic Johnson Harlem Theater. I mean, it doesn't get any blacker than that. Magic Johnson, <laughs> Harlem Theater, seeing Wakanda Forever. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. And I'd never been in a movie as in New York City. And so it's, a, it's an interesting movie. Uh, experience very nice had a great time and then we went to um times square and um and it was all decorated for christmas and all this kind of stuff oh. and they even have they even have the new year's eve ball it's already up there like shut up yeah it's already there you can see that and then i was there for thanksgiving and we 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 had intended to go to the thanks the macy's thanksgiving day parade um but you know how like okay there's that and even like being in times square like for New Yorkers, those aren't things they want to do. Right. Yeah. Like right. Because right, they're local and they, they have no time for all that nonsense. And so, and so it's sort of like us out here. You know, we don't always want to go to Fishman's Wharf. You no. Know what I mean? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, no, I don't want to go there. But you have people that come from out of state. They be coming from Iowa or something. They go, oh, I want to see Fishman's Wharf. Like, oh my God. So <laughs> you just sort of make the trek because that's what people want to see. I think that's, sort of how New Yorkers feel about Times Square and that the giant ball and, and the Thanksgiving parade. And so we ended up not going to the Thanksgiving parade because um, she wasn't feeling well. So we didn't do that. Um, but we went to this little area called Bryant Park that's also in Manhattan. And it's, um, it's just a park in the middle of the city. And it, it's not very large, but there's a skating rink there. And then because it's um, the holiday season, they um the the trails that you walk or not the trails but it's just a giant rectangle type part but all the space is filled in with it turns into a, like an outdoor mall oh and yes and it's all these small businesses and they just they have these pop-up shops and it's like everything you can want you know jewelry and arts and crafts and um food items and specialty foods and specialty crafts and stuff. And it's, and they have a skating rink. And then the one side is just full of all these different food trucks and stuff. And then there's a few different outdoor bars and it's just, it's just a great gathering spot for people for the holidays. And it's, it's really nice. 
Damn. So you missed. So you're at a, you have no snow. You were there with no snow because they didn't, they didn't get any snow at this time. No, there was no snow. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, every time you see these, let's talk about Christmas movies again, since we're talking about. Oh, <laughs> <bye>. <laughs> oh my but God. Look, these Christmas movies, you know, there was these scenes in New York city and it's, and it's snow. And so I have determined because New York, New York City does not get a lot of snow, but they will get snow, um, you know, every year at some point. And I just think when it snows in New York City, all those Lifetime and Hallmark um, movie people, they all just rush to the city and just start getting still shots and little videos <laughs> of snow and stuff. And they just stick them in 100 movies, but it's the same few shots. <laughs> just like the ending everybody wins I'm like this is you know i used to tell my nephews when they would play soccer that uh everybody got trophies i was like that's bullshit i'm not coming to any soccer game until there's an actual winner <laughs> everybody gets trophies everybody gets slices of orange yeah i'm, I'm not I'm not coming because there's no competition. No one's trying to win. Everybody gets something. Just let me know when you start playing soccer and it's an actual game. <laughs> you know what? I, look, I'm a believer in that too. Like, it is fine when like, you win, you get a trophy. And then if you lose the, the championship game, for example, you know, you get, you know, a, a ribbon or something. And everybody else, you get a thank you. Like you, you tried your best. Now go back and do better next season, but you're not getting the trophy. You're not a champion and you're not getting a, a trophy for best team spirit. No, 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 none of that. None of that Declan. You just go back to trying a little bit harder. Declan. And... <laughs> I got that. <laughs> right. It's like, come on. You can't, oh, you know, it's okay to lose. It's okay to lose. And, and and not just me, but like when I was little, but even before my time, because not just when I was little, you know, our coaches, because I played all these different participatory sports, and our coaches would tell us that losing builds character. Like you, you, you learn some things about yourself, about your team, about how to practice and apply yourself and all those kind of things. And we're not talking life or death, right? We're just talking a sport. You're just playing for fun. If you lose, okay, you, you learn something about yourself and you just go to the next thing. It's not the end of the world. But man, I'm, I don't know, maybe about the 90s or something, everybody had to be a winner. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it sucks. <laughs> so um, you got back from New York last night late and you had some issues with your with your flights and stuff like that, but got on a nonstop flight. What did you do when you got back today? So you got back late last night. Did you just hang out with Leah? What happened? Yeah. So I didn't say what I, yes. So my traveling home journey, I, I had a flight on Alaska airlines that I, I it was a pretty cheap ticket. And I was going to go from New York JFK to Seattle, unfortunately, and then to Sacramento. So it was going to be a very long flight. And I get to that. I get to the airport and, I, and the app tells me on Alaska Airlines, hey, bad news, your Seattle flight has been canceled, but we're going to find you another flight. And then uh, like an hour later, they send me a text, hey, good news, or they send me in the app, good news, we found you another flight. It's the next day, oh. midday, and you're going to go to Phoenix, and then you're going to go to Sacramento. And then 
30 minutes after that, they say, oh, you know, we've updated and made it better. You, it's still the next day at 3 p.m. You're going to go to Portland and then the Sacramento. And I'm like, you know what? None of this is going to work. Like, I'm not going to spend a night in Seattle. I was going to get home by, by them changing. I was going to get here at 5 o'clock today as opposed to 11 o'clock last night. So I end up going, you know, I, I, I told him, look, I have to meet my underage child at the airport in Sacramento. They're being dropped off and they cannot be there alone. You have to find me another way home. And I was very nice about it. Right. And they did. They found me a flight on JetBlue that was direct to Sacramento and that I was going to leave in a few hours. So I stayed in JFK airport longer than I needed to, but I was there four hours and then I flew direct and I got here late last night about about um, about 1130. And unfortunately, at Sacramento Airport, I was going to take Uber or Lyft. And it took 40 minutes to get a ride from both either one of those rideshare companies. It was oh. just a nightmare. Just standing out in the cold waiting on someone to come pick you up. So anyway, I get home very late, you know, one o'clock, one thirty or something like that. And then today I was just chilling, doing some of my book work. And then I got, uh, I did pick up Leah. And then we just watched soccer all day because the World Cup is going on. I know you don't know anything about that, but the World Cup is going on. Yeah, no, no. I told, they asked at the new job, like, oh, how many people are involved with, you know, soccer, blah, blah, blah. I said, the only football I watch is the NFL. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but this is exciting. Isn't USA like progressing or something? So, so, okay. So the World Cup. It's the biggest sporting event in the world. Just give you an idea. The first game of the World Cup was watched. I think I may have mentioned this last week. was watched by over a billion people. The first oh match. God. Over a billion. So the planet has 8 billion people. So one out of every eight persons on the planet was watching. It was more than that because people gather around TVs. And the Super Bowl in America, the, 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 the football championship, will get about 110 million viewers total. Oh my God, 1 right. billion people, okay. Yeah, so our biggest sport in this country will get a, a hundred, 110 million people. Our biggest sport in the biggest game of its year. But the first match of the World Cup, which was features like the home team of Qatar, which is like nobody, and whoever they play, got over a billion people watching. That's how big the World Cup is. Like, it's massive. So anyway, the first round is called group play because there's seven groups of four teams or something like that or eight groups of four teams or something like that. And they all play each other. So like the first round of the playoffs is sort of what it's like. And then the top two from each group then move to what's called the knockout round, which means when you go to the next round, lose, you go home. Right. So group play ends tomorrow. The first two weeks is just group play. And the United States has advanced out of group play into the knockout round. And so that for this, for the men's national team, as they're known, it's like they've already won the Super Bowl. Because our our men's soccer is so crappy. Like we're so bad. We're just we're, we're, we're just not. We're just not on the scale of the rest of the world. However, in this tournament, so they played three games and they tied their first game against Wales. And then oh, maybe they beat Wales. I don't know. So I think they tied against Wales. They tied against England. 0-0. That was a, a board fest. And then they beat Iran. 
And so that they, they had enough, you get points for a win and a tie and they had enough to advance. And so they're now um, one of the top 16 teams in the world. That's what that means. They're one of the top 16 teams in the world and they play the Netherlands on Saturday. So it is going to be massive. Now the Netherlands has a great team, but you know, soccer is really funny. You only need to get one goal and you stop the other team, you know, you win. And so I think, look, the United States is not going to win the tournament, but they could get lucky and win another game. Like they really can. And they're not that good. They're sloppy. Um, They don't have really good set plays. Their coaching is a little sketchy, but what they have, and you see this in, in almost any sport, Jen, their team is, I think, the second or third youngest team in the tournament. And sometimes you can have a young team in any any professional sport or college sport, and they're just young and they just have energy and they do dumb things, but they could just win because they're just young. They don't know any, any better. So they sort of have that going for them. They don't have any history, or nothing like that, nothing. They're just out there and they have energy and they can win. So, so wow. So who's the best, like, team? So the top, the best team in the world is Brazil. Okay. Yeah, they, they have won something like 20-something straight matches. And in those 20-something matches, they've only given up five goals or something like that. Damn. Like, they are, and, and they are historically, I mean, I mean, if you just summed up world soccer, it would be, Brazil would be the team. Sort of like in baseball, it would be the Yankees here. Yep. It, 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 it's just, it's just Brazil. Like they're, they're always one of the top three teams in the world. And so it's them. And then uh, the other great teams right now would be France and France won the last world cup. And then the other two powerhouses would be Portugal and probably Spain. You probably throw Spain in there. Um, but our, Spain and Argentina are about the same. So they're probably like the top four or five. And, but, you know, the, the margin of error at the top is very slight. So any one of those, I think Brazil, France, Spain, Portugal, and maybe Argentina. If I threw a wild card in there, I would throw someone in there like either one of these three, Senegal, Morocco, or Japan. I would throw them in there. So, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it just, it's the only thing that you have the majority of the world invested in it at the same time it's pretty interesting great i mean yeah i don't i never i watch i'll go watch my nephew play you know because he's in some league and then you know if they lose i give him a bunch of shit about it but um yeah it's it it, the parents get wrapped up in it and i just think okay we're just going back and forth you know i'd rather watch some rugby and people just getting brutally beat up maybe Right. <laughs> right. So it's, it's funny because like, I, I, like I would tell my daughter, I go, Hey, do you don't watch, do you want to watch a Raider game or football game? She's like, no, I'd rather die. And then, or if I say, do you want to watch, you know, NBA? She said, no, you know, she may watch some uh, Steph Curry highlights of the Warriors, but that'd be about the limit or baseball, you know, baseball is sort of unwatchable on TV, but she would go to uh, an, an A's or a Giants game. Cause they're sort of fun to be in the stadium, but for soccer, uh, or football, as the rest of the world calls it, you know, she'll record the games. She know all the teams, the point differentials, and the matchups, and the whole deal. Like somehow, she got like heavily invested in this thing. So, 
And I really don't mind because I, I like I like the spectacle of it all. That's a, that's all. I mean, I guess as we can. So when is it over? So like, when does the final match happen? Uh, let's see. So this weekend. So let's see. So Saturday begins the round of sixteen. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then then by next Wednesday you'll get. I think you're probably about within within a couple of weeks. It'll be over. It'll be over within a couple of weeks. It, it goes, it, it goes pretty quickly. And what's great about these, I was saying before that all the games starting Saturday, all the games starting Saturday are win or go home. So you just, it goes very quickly. So there's 16 after tomorrow, there'll be 16 teams left. And then after Sunday, there'll be eight teams. Then after Tuesday, there'll be four teams and yeah, so actually, I don't even think it's too much. I think it's probably we're probably just a week away or so. It'll be over. Damn, crazy. Okay, so right? meanwhile, meanwhile, like, um, so what about what is that that Ronaldo guy? Is he like? Is- yeah, he he is. I think there's two. There's there's uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and um, Messi. For so he's played. Ronaldo is um, Portuguese. Plays for the Portuguese national team. And and Messi is Argentinian, Argentinian in place for Argentina. They're the two um, biggest athletes on the planet in, in terms of uh, popularity and money made. So, so um, Ronaldo just got a contract offer from Saudi Arabia for three hundred sixty million a year. Oh my God! And th- this kind of money we're talking about. We're not talking like you know American sports salaries, although. Aaron Judge, who's a baseball player for the Yankees, he's probably going to get that much money in his next contract. But generally speaking, soccer players are the highest paid pro athletes in the world. $360 million a year. Crazy, huh? <laughs> Holy shit. It, it's like, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a whole nother level. It is a whole nother level. And I'm telling you, you know, you know watching soccer – you have to get what I call soccer eyes and that if you just watch it in passing, you just see the ball going around people running back and forth and it doesn't really make any sense, but it's sort of like if you, if you watch, like when you watch basketball, you grew up watching basketball, you could see a guy get a, a rebound and you could see the fast break as it's developing, even though they're moving super fast, but the game, you understand what's happening. So if it's going slow in your mind's eye, you see the guy running up the court one way and another guy the other way, and you can see where he's going to pass the ball, whether the other guy's going to catch it and go to the basket or a dunk or alley-oop or something like that. Or even with American football, you can see the quarterback look around before they snap the ball and you see, you know, he sees something and then he goes back to pass it. And then you see him throw it and you, and you can remember, Oh, I saw that guy running down, you know, that way, even though it may not be on camera at that moment. And then the camera flashed and it's that guy going way downfield. You go, he's wide open. And you just have a sense for it happening before it actually happens because you've watched it so much. You can, you can under, you understand how it's developing, how the linemen are blocking and you understand all that stuff. But that comes from, you've been watching football for a long time and you get it. And that's how soccer is. Once you start watching it, you see, how they do their offense, how they do their defense, how they pass the ball, how they set up plays and stuff. And, and you understand why, you know, soccer, the, the people that follow it, they call it the beautiful game. 
and you see why because there's some there's a certain elegance about it because it's so darn hard to score so when they finally do break through you can see it develop from way on the other side of the field there'll be a long kick and you see these three guys running away you can see it happening and in real time and you see one guy gets the ball and he slows it up and he kicks it a certain way and you go where is he kicking the ball there's another guy coming streaking down the middle and you see the timing is perfect but he may not try to hit, kick it in the goal he may just redirect the ball to another guy to his left coming at a different angle and then that guy hits it in the net and you go oh my god i saw that develop and and when it's when it happens because it is so rare but when it starts to happen you can see it and and every now and then they'll show the audience as it's developing and you just go oh my god it's happening and then it happens you go, oh that was it is spectacular when it happens so it's like that you can't watch it in passing you have to like immerse yourself in it and study it, and then it all start to make sense Damn, I yeah, guess. It's, yeah, too much. and it's one of the great equalizers in all of sports because you could be tall or short, you know, you could be thin or stocky, um, you could be rich or poor in most of the world, and that's why you'll see it's very it's very even competition between uh, nations all over the world, rich nations and poor nations, because at its core, it's just a ball, it's just a ball, your feet and some grass. That's it. You know, that's it. And so you don't need specialized equipment like skiing. You don't need access to a swimming pool or to a baseball diamond. It's just a ball and some, and some grass or some dirt even in a lot of countries. And, and you'll see as they get on the field, it's pretty, it's pretty even. And it's hard to tell who's going to be the best. Um, but I'll tell you one more thing about soccer that's the best thing about the World Cup. World Cup. And this is why I like Japan of all places. Japan, their fans... When they leave the stadium, they clean up on their way out. I was reading about that. They and so and so and so in Japan at soccer and in, even baseball, when you go into the stadium, they give you a recyclable trash bag. Everyone gets one. So then, for as you leave, you clean up your area or whatever on your way out on your way out the stadium. Stadium is clean when everybody leaves. So they are doing that practice at the World Cup. And it is just, it has astounded people. And, and so they were interviewing some Japanese people like, well, what are you guys doing? And the Japanese people were like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you're cleaning up. They say, yeah, well, it's our culture. We keep things clean. This is important to us that we we clean up. We don't want to leave trash for someone else to clean up. That it makes no sense. And they couldn't understand why people were marveling at it because we're such filthy slots, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they said it's like respectful that they clean. It's just in general. Yes. They, they do. That's their culture. Right. And you know what I was thinking, Jen? I was thinking now when you go into American sports stadiums, you can't bring a bag because they think you got a gun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of guns, sir, let me tell you this. I, I saw something and I don't know if you shared it with me, but I might have I might have came across it when I was um just probably scrolling and it said um something in regards to emotions when it comes to guns and that we forget that women are also gun owners and do not have have not been in any situation that I'm aware of in which they're blowing 
places up like school shootings or bars or parades or anything like that, that the emotional person is actually the man who can't seem to control his emotions because women own guns. I don't know the percentage of women to men, but it's crazy to think. And I I don't know how it dawned on me and how they articulated, but I thought to myself, that is I have never even considered the fact that women own guns. I mean, I know that they do, but to sure. put it in a perspective that they're not the ones that we have to worry about. It's the men who get the guns who can't control their emotions. Isn't that something? Like, uh, I, I, I just read something that I think since 1960 something, I can't remember, it was 1960 or 65 or six or whatever, but we've had a million people in this nation die by guns. Fuck. And and separately from that, I think I was listening to a crime podcast um, where this uh, researcher said that 95% of gun deaths are from men. Like, so uh, to, to your point. And so, and so, right, it makes you ask the question, what is it about men, us men, about not being able to, to control our emotions, A, and then having to act out in such a violent way? Right. It just I, I don't know, because it's like every time we have these mass shootings, you know, that that old um, state, that old uh, satire from The Onion, the, the funny little magazine people, it, they, they run it every time we have a mass shooting. And it's just a fake quote. Um, uh, There's no way to stop this, says, you know, government official of country of the only country in the world where this happens. Like, you know, it's, it's just us. It is literally just this one country. And more specifically, it's just the men in this country. And I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. Smart people try to figure it out, but I, I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah. I know it's a mess. When you talk about women being emotional, I think I saw the same thing in regards to your soccer comment is that a woman had posted um, here. We talk about oh, you play like a girl type of uh, comment. And lo and behold, she showed six clips of soccer players faking, falling down, being hurt, where women are just getting pushed, knocked to the ground and get right back up and continue to play where the men were so overly emotional. Yeah, the flopping and all that. Yes. I I just... This is why women need to rule the world because you think, you know, (laughs) people think they're emotional, but they definitely know when they should not be. And I'm, you know, I I think... Yes. You know what? I I, I once wrote an essay about that and it was just titled, You Do Not Deserve a Gun. And it it was to men that we have empirical data, empirical data for a hundred years, for a hundred or more years, that men, to your point, are not able to handle the responsibility that comes with owning a gun. We, we have the data. Like, no matter what people say, oh, I like to hunt, oh, I, need, I keep it for my safety, or oh, I keep it locked up, or I do all these things. Okay, yes. Now, let's look at a million people that have been killed in, the, in just in the last 40 years or whatever, 50 years, it, we, have, we have proven that men are not capable of that. Like you don't deserve a gun. And so right at some point you have to say, look, I get it. You know, second amendment, all, all that stuff. Right. But the facts say that the, uh, a gun in the home uh, increases the likelihood that women and children are going to die from the gun. That's what that's that's what's more likely. Now, 
Now, men mostly kill other men because men are stupid, right? On both sides, the ones who have the weapons and 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 kill someone, and the and the ones who have the weapons and who 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 maybe they're defending themselves, or maybe they just want some revenge. I don't know. But the end result is mostly men kill other men, which you know what? That might be okay, and that's the wrong word to use. But if the byproduct of men owning guns was most women who are killed are killed by men who have guns. Like guns are a, a, a hazard to women. Like they are real and present danger and threat to women. And at some point, like my essay said, well, why do you deserve a gun? You don't, you're too emotional. You have too much anger. Um, you, 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 you're too violent. You want to do violence. So you shouldn't. And, and I, think just like you hear people say just like you have it's hard to get a license it's hard to get and you have to have car insurance and house insurance and health insurance that you make it you make it so hard to get a to to get a weapon like there are some countries that say or in order to get one first you have to apply and then you have to pass a background check and then you have to do x number of hours of of, of training and that tra- and that needs to be like months and then maybe you get one and then if there's any anything that ever pops up right any violence any domestic disputes you know traffic ticket anything boop you lose it and you lost it for the rest of your life like no we're not going to trust you with this because you could kill other humans and your right to own um uh something that can kill other people and you've just demonstrated you don't have the mental capacity and emotional capacity to it you now lose that right you, you lose that right and we know it Look, if you commit a felony, you can no longer vote, but you could you could sh- try to shoot someone and you still have a right to own a gun. Like, how stupid is that? That is, I mean, <laughs> if, if someone outside of this country is listening to this podcast, they would be flabbergasted at that comment because, yeah, you you still get to own the gun. It's a, it's incredible to even it, that right? and that and when you think about just guns and men and the emotion, and then you flip over to just what we are seeing um, come out of the woodwork in regards to um, uh, racism is specifically fucking Kanye West and hanging out with Nick Fuentes and, and meeting at Mar-a-Lago with Trump. And now if nobody knows Nick Fuentes is a 27 year old, maybe 27 year old, like just doesn't believe the Holocaust hope it happened. He white supremacy. I mean, we should should have a dictator. We should kill all the gays, like just the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst at 27 years old and has been kicked off every platform. I think every social media platform because of his spewing of racism and and, uh, unbelievable comments that we are in, again, if anybody outside of this podcast listens is outside of this country, having a rap star who has been and claimed to be bipolar, have bipolar, and right. then and then on turn having and traveling with this asshole. I mean, I don't right. even know the word to say except a hate monger. I think he's just a hate monger, and I'd like to know how his parents raised him because clearly there's there's something to be said there. You know what? I mean, you're right. I, you know, I I, I can one up you because uh-oh. today. Kanye was on um what's the guy is the last name Jones what's the guy who just lost that loss he was denying Sandy Hook 
Oh yeah, um, Alex Jan- Jones. Ja- Alex, Alex Jones. Yep. Uh, so Kanye was on his show. Oh my today. fucking god. Yep. So he was on his show. Now let me just start this thing. He was wearing a full black mask. Like he looked like the Gimp. Remember the Gimp from yes, uh, uh, that Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, so his face was covered, fully covered, and on the show, he said that there's some good things about Hitler that he loves. Oh my God! And and even Mister Conspiracy Alex Jones, who has lost all his lawsuits and is about to give up all his money for denying Sandy Hook and, and terrorizing those parents uh, for those poor children who were killed there, tried to give him an out, tried to help him through that. And Kanye was like, nah, you know what? There, there's good and bad in everybody. And I, I love some stuff about him. And then following that, because he also was allowed back on Twitter because the Elon Musk, you know, his white supremacist self allowed Kanye back on. He, he tweeted, I don't know if it was on Twitter or, Facebook or Instagram, honestly, um, but he tweeted um, or he posted a photo of a logo that is the the Star of David, which is um, Jewish, interspersed or connected to the swastika. Oh my God! Yes, and so you know what? So this is interesting because because so somebody would say, well, why is a black man? Right. Why is he doing this? And what does, you know, how can it, or if you take a step back, can a black person be white supremacist? And the answer is yes, you can be. And Kanye West is, is not the only, but he's the current um, best example of this. And you go, well, what, what is that? Like you even mentioned Nick Fuentes. I mean, you, you hear the last name Fuentes. He's not white. And, and the other guy, Terrio, who's um, the leader of the Proud Boys, he's, he's like, Mexican and Cuban or something like that. And so you go, well, how can these people be pushing white supremacist talking points? Like what, what does that mean? Because, you know, in the perfect white supremacist world, these guys will all be dead. Well, it's really no different than, um, it's very no different than and very similar to um, how people can vote against their own interests and you can be a part of something that, is against who you are because you may have some internal hate and you want to be on the side of power. And so it, it's, it's, you know, we, it's, it's called a lot of different things. It's um, alignment with white supremacy or adjacency to white supremacy. There's a lot of ways it's, for, it's phrased, but it really just means that you want to be as close to power as possible. And it doesn't matter you know, your background and your heritage, it, that doesn't matter to you. You just want to be close to power. And, and black people, we've, we have a lot of terms for this. You know, we call people, uh, we call our own people a lot of names. We recognize when we see it. And Kanye is just like I was saying, just the most recent and he seems extreme, but there are others like that. And not just, you know, just black people, but it happens to other races and it happens with, with women as well. But, but since I'm a black man, I'm going to talk about black men. You know, you have someone like Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court, right? Him. You have um, that guy used to be on CNN, Van Jones. You have people like this who, act, who actively work uh, against what we consider the interests of, you know, not just everybody in general, but black people specifically. They actively work to harm. And you see this 
with um, the Terrio guy that's in leader of the Proud Boys, or there's Nick Fuentes, who's I, I think I think is I forget where his parents or something are from, but he's he's mixed too, and and as long there have always been people in this country who are not white who have worked to harm their own people, and they are widely accepted by the white supremacists, always. They're always accepted. These people will all be, always be platformed. Candace Owens, uh, Kanye, Van Jones, um, Diamond and Silk, Herschel Walker. And you could just go back through history. They're always people like this. And these are the people, Jen, that when, when someone like me is, is in general company, that these are the people, these are the names that a white person would say to, say to somebody like me, a person who may be my friend, and they'll say, wow, but look at Kanye. He really, he really thinks Trump is okay. And they'll they'll use that one person. Well, look at look at I really like what Candace Owens is saying these days. It'll they'll use that one black person who is counter to 99.9% of black people. And that's the one person they'll throw in your face as if that person speaks for all of us. Oh, like yeah, like Candace. Yes. 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 That they'll Candace go, oh, Owens. Oh my God. Yeah, Whenever you all, talk. Yes. She is, yeah. Ooh, detestable. <laughs> detestable. And that's the that's the one person when you're talking to, you know, a racist in general says, well, what about Candace Owens? You know, I'm like, I can't even, right? I don't even want to have a conversation with you, honestly. Like it it you you're you're losing, you you're saying that one person, you're allowing one person to represent that entire right? community. Like it makes no sense. It it makes it makes no sense. It it, it makes no sense. It, it's like if everyone, if every time you talk, you as a, as a woman, grown woman, every time you talk to someone, they want it, they walk to you and say, can you give me your opinion about Kim Kardashian? You're like, you know, why am I answering for her? Like, I have nothing to do with her. And you know what? LeBron James brought that up today. It was very interesting because speaking of football, a photo came out of Dallas Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. Yes. He was at one of the Little Rock, Arkansas protests um, in the, I think, yeah yeah yes and he was there blocking these black students from going to school and his photo came out right and it was in the news for a couple days then it just went away he said oh i was young you know such and such i was just i was just i I was curious i didn't know what was really happening i was curious now that's all been debunked like we we know what his teachers said his coaches said we know everything he was just there an active participant which shows that u.s history is not that old Jerry Jones was at there at the protest trying to stop black kids from going to school. So LeBron James says something interesting in his in his in his um, press conference after the Lakers game last night. He said, you know, I explained something interesting. You guys ask me every day when Kyrie Irving was saying all those crazy things about Jewish people and stuff. You asked me about him every day. It was on every news cast, every sports center at the bottom scroll. And we've been two weeks since Jerry Jones was known to be protesting black people in, in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas. He owns, he's one of the 32 owners of a National Football League football team. And nobody's asked me a question about him. Wow. Yeah, nobody said a word. And then one guy said, okay, well, let me, let me say something. Let me ask. He said, no, don't ask me now. I just want, I, I want to make this clear. And that's what happens when, when black people do something, we all get asked about it because we're all responsible for each other for some reason. <laughs> white, white people do it. Black people also have to be responsible. <laughs> right, right. And then you know Jerry Jones do some stuff, or like, or like Brett Favre. 
Like that stuff just got out of the news. You know, he stole all this money and all this kind of stuff. It's like crazy. And and the the media won't ask just some random white quarterback about Brett Favre. But the, but if it's a black guy, you don't ask every black person that's a celebrity everywhere. What do you think? You're like, oh my God, why am I answering for somebody I don't know? That that kind of thing. So yeah. So anyway, yeah, your point was good. So I know um geez, this this has been a good plethora of conversation. I do want to talk about just two shows that I've watched and have been watching that Ooh, I highly me. recommend. So okay. one you held out on me like a son of a bitch was uh <laughs> The Inside Man with Ooh, Stanley, Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Oh my God. It's only four episodes to those that are interested in catching a show. Let me just tell you, that is chef's kiss. I mean, the unbelievable brilliance of Stanley and his acting and the just the, the thought is this Stanley Tucci's in, in, in jail for murdering his wife. I'm not giving away anything because that's what it says right. in the title. He's right. put in jail. He's a criminology professor that is used by outside persons to help solve other murders using his capabilities. Now, it is unfucking believe. It is so good. I am. I. I, I want to tell everybody about it. I love it. I think that it's if so you can, good. it's it's so good. <laughs> so good. I, I don't know who told me about it, but I watched it and it's just four very tight episodes. And is this set in England? Is, is that? Yes, because it's, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. set in England. Yep. God, and it's so good. It's so good. So I I can't tell you enough, those of you to watch it. The other one I, I caught on Apple TV with um her name is Olivia. Uh it's called Truth Be Told. And she is Ooh. a podcaster that and a journalist that podcast and feels that she might have wrote a story that strongly convicted that helped strongly convict an innocent man go to prison for a murder of a of a father and Ooh. it's one I, I think every season is going to be different but it is olivia oh god she was she was on the that show called mom that horror film called mom um uh olivia is it olivia oh my god i'm gonna be so mad that i um it oh shoot she was oh or maybe she was it was mother or mama or um oh well i'm telling you this season that i'm starting to watch now is includes kate uh bosworth there's a kate bosworth the kate Kate's not spade. Kate, um, she's she's Goldie Hawn's daughter. Um, oh. Uh, oh my God! Do you not know anything? Yeah. Um, do you not job. know any of that? <laughs> <laughs> so, truth be told, is based on. Let me see. So, I just had to bring it up here because it's Octavia Spencer is Ooh. Octavia Spencer. Like, she's the she's the lady in it, and. Right now, I think this other season two is, oh my God, who is the woman that's Goldie Hawn's daughter? She is Kate Hudson. Oh, Kate Hudson. Good one. Yeah. So Kate Kate Hudson Hudson. 
is in this second season. Now, I think it's only right now. I don't know if it's three seasons or if it's okay. two seasons, but let me tell you, I enjoy, first of all, the acting's really good. It's a good story. I'm really liking it. I, I was okay. happy to find it because, you know, as you go into the holidays, some of the other shows just aren't, um, you know, they're on hiatus. So right. I like, I like that actress Octavia. So that is another recommendation. Okay. okay. You, do you that. have anything? Do you have I anything do. to share? Okay. I do. So Netflix Wednesday. So, so yes, it's a, it's a, it's a series based on Wednesday Adams. We all know from the Adams family and it focuses on, on her in school. And, um, the lady who plays Wednesday is, I think her name is Jenna Ortega is her name. Uh, and, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is Morticia. Okay. Uh, and there are other some other famous people in it. Um, and I think it's that teacher, isn't that teacher the one that used to be in Game of Thrones? She was. Yes. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, I think is her name. Yeah. Yeah, she she's was... like the principal. I think she's okay. the principal or something like that. But she's, yeah. And she, that lady's a star. I, I love her. And there's, it's really well done. But it's yeah. really well done. It's it's um, it's sort of funny, but it's more of a, like a mystery kind of deal, oh. and it's a little more gory than I was expecting. Oh. Um, but it's pretty delightful. Like, do it's, you need it's, to know anything about the Adams family? No, you, okay. you don't, because okay. you'll you'll recognize you. You remember that that, and it's mostly about Wednesday. Like okay. it's, mo it, it's most about her, but you do get to see her family, Morticia and uh, what is the husband's name? Morticia and I can't think of his name, but anyway, um, and you get to see a little bit of Lurch, Cousin Ed, Cousin Thing. You know, you get to see the the, the familiar characters, but mostly it focuses on uh, Wednesday. And it's, it's basically a mystery. And it it's really like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it was, as good as it was, but as it was, but I think it was that the guy that um, directed it is that weird guy who did like Edward Scissor's hands and all that kind of stuff. Oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, yeah, he directed it. So it's it's a little darker than you would think, but it's really good. Okay, okay, all right, I'll give that yeah. a try. It keeps popping up, and I think my nephew, my younger nephew Jax, he mentioned that they started watching it. It was really good, and I thought. Yeah. Oh, all right. Maybe I'll I'll give it a whirl. Okay. That so that's it's good. good. And you know what? I finally watched that show you told me about last time, the um drinking show. Oh, Drink Masters. It's so good. So good. <laughs> yes, they are. Look, they come up the things they come up with, and I'm telling you, I you know, I, I don't drink alcohol, but those drinks look fantastic. <laughs> and the presentations, I'm telling yes. you, if you like if you like cooking shows and you watch cooking shows and you like the process of what it takes to be an artist, I'm telling you, I'm not into the cooking shows, but watching drink masters, watching them put together flavors to create a cocktail uh, and just the presentation is pretty awe. It, I, it I was is. in awe. It is. And I, and I, you know, I have a whole new appreciation for how a drink could be. Because, yes. you know, a lot of times you like if, if I'm at a restaurant or a sports bar or something and you just see drinks come out and, you know, sometimes they look interesting, like different color or whatever. But these are like, I don't know what you would call these, like craft or specialty or whatever, but craft. 
Yeah, I mean, some of them were just gorgeous to look at. Gore and and you didn't even want to drink it. And every time right. the every time the um, judges would take a sip, they never reacted in any way. And I thought, right, Damn. or like they would have, like there was one, and I think there was it was like in a tall glass, and on it at an angle was like one drink and then a row of ice, and then as that ice melted, it was another drink under it. <laughs> right and so as you went through it you got these different flavors tastes. yes <laughs> or it had like little little um gelatins of like little flavors in those or flavor on top and it or aromas on top you just go wow this was like it was remarkable <laughs> so good so that's awesome so um well, I mean, I can't believe that we are coming up at the final couple minutes before we hit our time limit. We try to we try to go shallow on quite a few subjects and it gets away from us because we just enjoy catching up with one another. Um, I will say where my I did. I know we every time we talk about this and my brother's going to say every time you tell me you're going to do this, but I do want to acknowledge while you're telling everybody where they can find you is that you just had your two books come out this past week and people are able to purchase them. I just received uh, my coffee tales book, which I mean, I know you should, yeah, I know you should give the overview of it, but I just for everybody to understand that the book is Myron. I was, I, I remember this quite a few years ago. Myron asked for my favorite drink at Starbucks and I don't drink coffee. So I gave him a lime refresher that I enjoyed. And what he did is he asked all his friends for their coffees, then went to taste them and then created a story behind the flavors of that coffee and where it took him. It is fucking incredible. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm really proud of that book because you're right, Jen. That one took, that one took years. And, and um it was, it was, it was hard to write, but it was fun to write. And it's a, it's a review of people and, and, and drinks. And so it's not really a, um, someone asked me, is it a recipe book? And I was like, no, it's not a recipe book. Um, but it is just a, a like you, you described it very well, a, a review of, um, people and drinks. And you know, if I, I'll just briefly read the one little part of the back cover a cup of coffee or tea paired with interesting company is an unbeatable combination we learn and share so much through this simple social ritual nuanced origin stories brow raising secrets good news bad news hopes and dreams insecurities and fears sit by sip we do business catch up plan our lives and discover common ground and that's what the name of the book is it's um coffee grounded and um, I, I think it's pretty unique. Like I, I, I've never seen a book quite like this and I think it's pretty unique and it's doing pretty good sales. So I'm pretty excited about it. And so I hope people will pick it up and I'm glad you did. I, I, and you know, I had to, it, it changed from when I first wrote the drafts, you know, those years ago, but I think you'll still recognize, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the stories, particularly one that I based off knowing you. I, I love it. And I love that you didn't, utilize names you just said what it meant i just thought it was so well done i mean it's really incredible so where can those that are listening that are interested in purchasing your books where can they find you you know what you can go to deardean.com all my books are there and just click on bookshop and it'll list all my books there because that one just came out and i have another one called ride over share that just came out it's called ride over share 
interesting, fun, and unbelievable stories from backseat writers. And those are, that's a pretty unique book from the, it's from the time that I, I was doing right share. And it's not from my perspective. I just recount some of the stories, some of the more interesting stories that people told me. And that book is out as well. So go to Dear Dean, Dear Dean Publishing. I'm sorry. Go to Dear Dean Publishing. Those two books there are there, plus my other eight or nine or so. See me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I follow back. Just say hi or something. And I'll follow back as I get to all those things. And then where can people find you, Jen? You can find me at Jen Van Landen Veg on IG. That's where I'm most active. Um, big button, a smile on TikTok. And then Redheaded Veg on um, Twitter. So I don't really go on Twitter often. I Usually I'll just kind of snoop around and see what you're posting. Okay, that's pretty cool. And so, um, so since it's December, taking from, I listened to... Um, um, unapo- not un- I listen. What was what's that Leanne's other podcast name? They have. Oh, she, she has a couple. Um, but the one that she does with our network, I don't know if he's our network president or um, I don't know what his title is. But Greg, who's in charge of all these podcasts, he and Leanne do, do a podcast together. It's really good. It's called um, "It's Like This," and you know, he put out some, they put out some um, social media that they are ranked like 16 in the state, in the country for their their particular category, like pop and entertainment or something like that. They're very high. But their last episode, they did something basically since it's the end of the year, just talking about end of the year lists, you know, people do those kind of things. So yep. I think we should do that our next couple of podcasts. We've all, we've done our, you know, things we hate a couple of times, but I think we should do, you know, maybe look back on the year, our favorite movies or our favorite pop stories uh, pop culture stuff or that kind of stuff like I love our, it. Our next few episodes so you know what i'll do i'll gather up some stuff because i think they just found some different quizzes online and i'll send them to you before we do our next podcast so we can just go through our list i love it you guys and thanks for listening as as myron always says you know find us rate us um if you have anything negative to say take that shit somewhere else um <laughs> <laughs> and continue continue to support us we love it we enjoy doing this it's a great way for our friendship to connect and and talk through some things that we've seen throughout the week so i appreciate being able to do this with you even if it's in your world uh 7 p.m <laughs> what you said is like midnight or something <laughs> so i enjoy it <laughs> yeah. all right jim good catching up and uh, good luck with the job hopefully when we meet next week you'll know a little more language uh, for your new job. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Peace out, Mofo. All right, see you later. Okay, bye.